Welcome back to another episode of the Fez Talks Podcast. I, of course, am your host, Fez. Today on the podcast, something mystical. Something out of the ordinary. So today on the Fez Talks podcast, I have a very special guest, one of my own, my cousin Dylan. Dylan, say hello to everyone who's out there. Hello, podcast world. <laughs> so, Dilly, we're talking about Star Wars today, and even though I know how you got into Star Wars, let the people know how you got into Star Wars. So pretty much, I was, I think I'm, I must be the last generation to use VHSs. I don't think anyone born past 2002 really used VHSs, but we had all the Star Wars on VHS. And then, of course, Jamie got me into Star Wars even more with Clone Wars and the original Xbox video games, the PC games, uh, most notably Knights of the Old Republic and uh, Jedi Academy. I think that's my favorite one. I, I love Jedi Academy. See... Dilly, my personal favorite out of all of them is probably the best Star Wars of them all, and it's not to the Old Republic, just because of all (laughs) the lore that goes into it. But, so, favorite movie out of all the movies, what is it? Empire. I have trained you well, young one. Um, But, it's just so easy, the... the the pacing is just perfect in that movie. There was not a dull moment in that whole movie. See, I don't have a favorite out of the sequels because I have a big problem with those movies, and you know that, and we'll get into it later. I don't even bother including those <laughs> when I'm ranking them because I just don't like them. But if I had to choose, and it's easy for the pre- for the prequels, it has to be Revenge of the Sith. Oh, yeah, of course. And no people, not just because of the lightsaber duels. Even though it's pretty cool. <laughs> All right. Now, your favorite character. Mm, that, see, that's a tough one for me. But If you want to break it up into each set of three, you can break it up into each set of three. Or, you know, the, the uh, them other movies. Those two what, other movies. I think what I'm going to do, I'm going to do favorite character from the video games, the movies, and any of the shows. Okay. Because... I know 100% like my favorite character from any of the shows has to be Mando. Mando's come to be like, no, I think overall he probably is my favorite character. I've, I've been obsessed with Mando since season one came out, but if we're going to stick to, let's say just from the original trilogy, um, probably Han. I've, I've always loved Harrison Ford cause I was in love with Indiana Jones when I was a kid. So that's probably, he's, he's gotta be my favorite character from the original trilogy from the prequels. Obi-Wan 
of course, because Ewan McGregor was just fantastic. And I don't think I have a favorite character in the sequels. I couldn't I, get attached to a single character. Finn I have Sp- a, I have a favorite from the sequels. Would you like to hear who it is? Is it Finn? No, it's the Falcon. Oh, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> um, tell me, tell me the video game character. I'm actually really, really intrigued. Oh, Cal. Cal Kestis. Yes, I, I, I didn't have a great time playing that game. Because my save was really corrupt, and I had like every I probably encountered every glitch that I could have in that game. And I know there's people that had runs that had like no glitches at all, but my my save was just horrible. <laughs> yeah, I had I had a horrible time playing it, but I enjoyed the story immensely. I thought the story was fantastic. So, my favorite character through the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy has to be Obi Wan. And mm-hmm. even clone, even Clone Wars, and although I love Mando for my TV show, I actually have a really, really sneaky pick as my <laughs> TV show favorite character, uh, the Duchess Satine of Mandalore mm-hmm. from Clone Wars, because she has that She's connection cool. to Obi Wan. And my video game character, I would go with Kyle Kestis. I would. And I did not have any of the glitches you had. And I was sick when I played through the whole entire game. Yeah, you got to binge it. Um, Grant you, you never hear this character speak because you are that character. Revan is my favorite video game character because you make the character what it is. Oh, yeah. And then eventually I read the book, the Revan book, where he goes into the unknown regions to go fight off whatever it is that called to him and Malik in Knights of the Old Republic. That's one thing that I really want them to do either a Knights of the Old Republic show or like a trilogy of movies. I don't know if it was him, but I know what's a character from Knights of the Old Republic was like, like confirmed to be canon. Cause in the, there was a book that like came out alongside uh, rise of Skywalker and they like they mentioned a name in it that was from Knights of the Old Republic. I think it was Revan, but I could be wrong. Revan and Bane were both mentioned in yes. that book. Like the 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 people or things, the images with Palpatine were like the Legion, the Legion of Bane, the Legion of Revan. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Wow. So Let's just get the painfulness out of the way. Let's talk about the the sequel trilogy. <laughs> now, for me, as you know, writer, Star Trek person, Star Wars person, I didn't like the sequel trilogy for the one thing that I knew throughout the whole thing before they ever confirmed it, that they'd never plotted it out. Yeah, horrible. And... The other thing is, is that you treated, you went back and forth with Ray is somebody. She's connected to Kenobi. She's connected to this. She's connected to that. To Ryan Johnson screwing that up and saying, oh, she's a nobody. And if you had stayed with that idea, I might have been able to go along with you. I might have been able to go along with you. Then we get to Rise of Skywalker and spoilers for those who haven't seen it. Although I don't know why you wouldn't have if you're a Star Wars fan. She's a Palpatine. And not even that she's a Palpatine. She's basically 
Palpatine's daughter because yeah. Palpatine's son was actually a clone of him. Mm-hmm. So that 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 I didn't like. But the one thing that really irked me, and you might feel the same way, I know a lot of Star Wars fans do, the treatment of Luke Skywalker throughout that trilogy. We get we spent that first movie trying to find him. We find him, and we see him for five seconds, and then cut to black. Mm-hmm. Then throughout The Last Jedi, he's not the same person. Not that you would expect him to be the same person, but you want to see that glimmer of that Luke Skywalker we yeah. saw in Return of the Jedi, which we get to see in Mando at the finale. Which like, I, I wish I loved. For me, it's like, like you hate seeing that version of Luke. And that's the Luke you get for the entire movie until the ending. And so like, you don't even enjoy seeing Luke the entire time because he's like not the same character. And that's why I think they they did a hard, hard course correct with Luke in uh, Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Especially with Ray throwing the lightsaber, just kind of like Luke did in the previous movie. And then it's like, a Jedi's weapon should be treated with respect. <laughs> but talk to me, Dill. Talk to me about how much you dislike the prequels like I dislike them. See, I was when I was the I always forget the title of episode seven, Force Awakens. When Force Awakens came out, that was probably when I was at like my least interest in Star Wars. And then immediately following that, I just I fell in love with Star Wars again because I hadn't liked it since like pretty much since like Clone Wars came out. And then that movie came out and I just was like obsessed with it since. And at the time I wasn't really too aware of like, like I was still young enough to where like, I didn't really know like if movies were good or bad. It's just like, if I liked it or didn't like it. So like, I didn't quite understand from like almost like a filmmaker perspective, like what's wrong with certain star Wars movies. And I liked force awakens a lot. And I was really bummed when they killed Han. I was like, damn, that's, that's a waste. Like if they knew they were going to kill him, they shouldn't have even put him in the movie. I feel they like, I don't know. I think when it comes to Han, I have mixed feelings about it. It's actually really good character development for Ben slash Kylo Ren. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why they put it in. And had you actually, like I said before, if you had mapped out the, the movies, we could have like gone more into that journey. And actually, Kylo's the only really developed character in all those movies. It's yeah. sad to say, but it's true. He's the only one that has pretty much a straight through character arc. Um, I feel. The other thing that I, I actually liked and it actually ties into to Mando is that we get the training scene between Luke and Leia and Rise of Skywalker. And mm. it ties in only because they use the uh, the face uh, face double thing for Luke in uh, Mando's finale, which I don't know if you know this, but when Luke is standing in front of Mando, that's actually Mark Hamill. Really? Yeah. 
Because I, I knew that he knew about it because he was tweeting about it, but I didn't know he was actually like a part of it. I just thought that they told him like what they were doing. That's crazy. That And it's also Mark Hamill's voice. It's not the computer clipped thing. It's actually... Really? It, supposedly it is. Because to me, I think what threw me off the most in that scene was the voice. Because I guess what they must have... If that was his actual voice, they like did some sort of de-aging to it that made it sound kind of weird. Because like I, I could just tell there was something off with it, but... The thing that that's threw, interesting. The thing that threw most people off, I feel... And you might have been a part of that too. And I, I grant you the first time I watched it, I was thrown off by it too. Yeah. Is the face and watching him talk and hearing him talk and it not matching up with his lips. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that was the most, that's what threw it off the most for me. But I was so giddy that actual Luke Skywalker was there. It's still impressive that they even did that though. I'm, they, actually, I'm they actually have shocking. some great, they have some really good deep fakes that are all actually a lot better. I've seen those. There's, I don't know if it was the same channel, but there's, there's a channel on YouTube called Corridor. Yeah, that's they, exactly who I saw. Yeah, they, they've, I've been watching them for like years. They do impressive special effects because they've, they've done other deep fakes like that. Like, there was another movie. It might have been. Oh, I think they did a deep fake for Justice League. And they made they made it look way better than how the movie did it. Yeah, uh, it's like they actually did Tom. They did Tom Cruise. They did they did a couple of people. Oh yeah, they got they uh, got the Tom Cruise impersonator, and they put the deep fake over him. Uh, what would you do differently in in those three movies, Dill? Because I have so many things that I would have done differently. But let me hear what you would have done. See, the problem is for me, it's like when you have a trilogy like that, like I feel usually usually the first movie obviously sets sets up the characters, sets up the plot. And then the second movie, there's a major conflict and they have to get over it. And then the third movie happens and that's when everything comes together. But we had a setup movie followed by another setup movie. And then the third movie had to somehow make all of that make sense. And it was just impossible for them to do. And what I personally would have done was either completely focus on Ray and I would have made her connected to Kenobi. That's, that's what I would have done. I would have made her a Kenobi and, or I would have focused on Finn and had him become a Jedi because that would have been amazing too. There was so much potential with Finn and they just dropped it. Well, they actually allude to the thing that Finn was trying to tell Ray during the whole entire Rise of Skywalker is that, you know, he was force, force sensitive. sensitive. Mm-hmm. So for me, Dill, if I were to go down the, if we're keeping this trilogy with the, uh, with the uh, characters and stuff that we have, I would definitely have made Ray a Kenobi because mm-hmm. I think I told you in the theater when we, we saw it, that that's exactly who I thought. Yeah. Was, it made the most sense. The first voice she heard was Obi-Wan. Both Obi-Wans. Let's be yeah. clear. <laughs> Both of them. <laughs> um, but my personal choice would be, I don't know if you've ever read these books, but I would have done the, 
not the same way necessarily because you've already had Thrawn in Rebels. Mm. I would have had the Thrawn trilogy with Han, Luke, and Leia and maybe introduced Mara Jade Skywalker into the mythos of Star Wars. And then you could have had the twins of Han and Leia somehow, some way, or just focus on that. Because that I, I think that would have been better. Or you could have you could have had the same story but add those elements in. Yeah. And somehow made it work. I know they're adding Thrawn in because that's what that's what the live action shows are leading up to. Because the whole um the whole thing with Ahsoka is that she's looking for Ezra. And I guess they're all like they also know that Thrawn's still out there. So I think he's going to become like the next like main uh, like villain for all the shows. And they're all going to kind of connect almost like Avengers does. Like they're probably going to have like a major crossover in the end. I think that'd be insane. <laughs> that'd be awesome. That would be insane. You know, I look at these sequel movies as the worst of the DC movies, which is actually pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like I can't even. There, there's, I think the only movie that has any rewatchability is The Force Awakens, and that's only because it reminds me of A New Hope. It's almost uh-huh. like almost shot for shot what A New Hope is. Yeah, if you really think about it. Yeah, with Rise of Skywalker, I really only watched that to see Han again because that's my favorite scene in the entire movie. Is seeing how I cried when I saw that. See. That and then Luke and Ray, plus the Luke and Leia, yes. and the flashback is what I, I I liked most. I also thought it was dopey that when that lady at the end and ta- on Tatooine asked, "Who are you?" and she sa- she says, "Ray Skywalker." I get the idea. I really <laughs> do. It doesn't work for me. It doesn't. No. I don't. But let's go to something that makes me a little bit more happier. The prequels. Although they have problems too. Yes. And the, those are what I have probably the least experience with because I it's it's probably it's been so long since I watched any of them and I think those are the ones I watched the least. Just I just I didn't like the era. I don't know why. Like the technology and like the architecture, I wasn't a fan of that era in particular. See, here's what I think I got you in what makes the prequel, what people hate about the prequels. Let's leave Jar Jar out of it. Let's leave the politics (laughs) out of it. What we're being told and Clone Wars does a really good job of showing us the bond between Obi-Wan and Anakin. Mm -hmm. You're supposed to believe that grants you Episode three has it has its moments where it's it, it's terrible. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, <laughs> but that's the that's the movie that that makes the rest of the six work. And if it were me, I would have. And I've told you this before. I would take things out of episodes one and two and clip them into like one movie. Like the good mm. things. Take out all the politics and all that other crap. But you know, you may you could start off with 
you know, Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan finding Anakin, then Qui-Gon dying at the hands of Darth Maul, and then Obi-Wan becoming Anakin's master. You could either flash forward to Attack of the Clones, like kind of like the ending of the movie to Attack of the Clones, or you could give us a montage of like missions or at least one mission of Anakin and Obi-Wan while Anakin's learning under uh, Obi-Wan to show us what's going on. And you could even show us what's going on in the Senate if you Mm -hmm. really, really wanted to and how, how Dooku comes under Palpatine. Then you, and, and, and make some, some, the thing that that doesn't work the most out of Attack of the Clones is the the forced romance of Padme and Anakin. If you had some sort of, if you handle it the way that they handle it in Clone Wars, and it's be, it's better, it's not great, but you actually see a relationship. You actually see a romance in Clone Wars with Anakin and Padme, just like you see the relationship between Obi Wan and Anakin. So if you, if they did that, the prequels would have been as strong, if not stronger, than the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. And the thing that fails, the thing that fails in the prequels and the sequels is that you know, the one thing that we all, as you know, Star Wars fans, look to is we we looked at Han, Leia, Chewie, and Luke, and you know. Of course, the droids, because they're always there. But we look at that, and that's the... We wanted to... We connected to whoever we connected to. You couldn't say that about the sequel trilogy. As as much as they tried to force those characters on us. Mm -hmm. And the only one... For me in particular, just because I have an affinity for the character and and the actor, is Obi-Wan. Because you had so much volatility with Anakin Skywalker whether it was Jake Lloyd as the kid or you know Hayden Christensen it's not Hayden Christensen's fault he's a good actor it's just that George Lucas didn't give him you know actual lines (laughs) to to read um and you know I love Natalie Portman as an actress she's great again you can only as an actor having been on a set having had actors say lines you can only have the actor elevate the material so much. Yeah. But yeah, that's that, that's like my overall thing with the prequels. But tell me, Dylan, what should, pick one thing or two things from the prequels that you really, really like and explain. I'd say... Definitely my favorite thing is the lightsaber duels because when you when you watch duels in the original trilogy and then watch duels in the prequels, the choreography is a whole lot better and it looks it's way less stiff because the the fighting was very stiff, I feel, in the original trilogy. And yeah, the, I feel like in the new like when you see them fighting Darth Maul. Like the choreography is just incredible. Like that, I think that's my favorite fight in like the whole series because it's just shot so perfectly. And then the music and the dialogue, like everything just matches up with the Darth Maul sequence. 
but I think the choreography in general was a lot better. And I think those probably had the best fight scenes because there wasn't a whole, like there wasn't much lightsaber action going on in the sequels, which I think we they kind of missed out on. Well, they also didn't really have the technology to do what they did in the prequels. Also true. It was a lot harder to get those lightsabers on screen. It took a lot more effort. I'm going to go with, yeah, I I loved the, the lightsaber duels in the prequels. Not that they're end, the end-all, be-all of Star Wars. Mm. You know that. But I'm going to get back to the um, lightsaber duels. But my... I think the thing that I love the most out of the prequels is just the 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 character development between Anakin and Obi-Wan in episode three. Just because you could see as much as they tried to tell us that they were great in episode two, and by that point, I think Clone Wars had started maybe they were in their third or fourth season by that point in Revenge of the Sith. I haven't seen it yet, though. That 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 has only enhanced my love of the prequels, which yeah. I, I didn't love, admittedly, to begin with. But that, it, that relationship, it was so heartbreaking when you got to that final duel and you knew what was going to happen. I, I try to... F- one of these days, Dill, I'm going to find a girl who's never seen Star Wars, and I'm going to make her watch Star Wars the way I watched it. Just to see if that reaction is the same way. Yeah. But when it comes to the lightsaber duels in the prequels, and even in the sequels, somebody said to me recently that... Now, I want your honest opinion, because I have my own opinion. They said that the Anakin and Obi-Wan duel on Mustafar is so unrealistic because it's more like a dance than a fight because of it's not, in quotes, ferocious or as bloodthirsty enough as it should be. I think that's what makes it better, though, because it's, uh, it's kind of reflective of like the characters, like, like their history with each other and like they don't want to be ferocious because neither of them wants to kill each other like deep down. So that's probably why it goes for so goddamn long. Cause I think at the end of the day, like neither of them wanted to be doing what they were doing, but I think that kind of says a lot about the characters in general. See, I agree with you only that I, I said to this person, I was like, you realize that, it doesn't have to be ferocious and not to mention the fact that they're fucking Jedi. <laughs> that first of all, they're Jedi. It's master and apprentice. The master taught the apprentice everything that they know. Exactly. And with the force, you can literally block attacks as you're going. And if you know what type of person that you're fighting, it's kind of easy to go easy in quotes to go along with the ride and, and, and deflect yeah. or parry whatever it is you got to do. And the, the, the fact is that I've talked about this with other star Wars fans in like other regions, but Anakin's primary lightsaber 
combat form is one that uses his strength as, and and speed as what makes him a great lightsaber duelist. Yeah. He pa- he packs a lot of fucking firepower. <laughs> and Obi-Wan's lightsaber style and he is the master of it as per what Mace Windu said. I think in this movie don't quote me on that is the ability to block and parry it's a it's the defensive lightsaber form it's usually used against blasters you actually learned that in knights of the old republic too really yep i haven't played too i have it but i just haven't played it yet but that's why earlier in the movie you saw him take on general grievous with four lightsabers to his one and he he was able to deflect parry and then get rid of each lightsaber one by one. Mm-hmm. So that's what my argument is for, you know, uh, I grant you if Obi-Wan didn't have the high ground, as all those memes say, mm-hmm. that, you know, Obi-Wan probably wouldn't have lasted much longer in the fight, but you got to remember that during that fight, they go from the landing pad into the command center, into the meeting room, back into the command center, out to where the lava is. And they're fighting and they're fighting that not only fighting themselves, but they're fighting the elements that they're in, which makes that fight all the more emotional and impactful versus say, I don't know, Yoda and Palpatine, where it's just two sorcerers using the force basically. Mm-hmm. And that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> now to the moment we've all been waiting for. The prequels. I have a bad feeling about this. I mean, the original trilogy. <laughs> I have a bad feeling about this. So, Dilly, this is this is your jam. This is my jam. Yes. We both agree that Empire Strikes Back is the the best Star Wars movie, period. Mm -hmm. Tell me... Tell me why you may think Star Wars, and I'm talking about A New Hope, not just the overall art Yeah. Is it too slow for what it's trying to do? Or... Are you one of those people that says it has the right pacing for what it's trying to do? Because I've heard both arguments. I think the my biggest problem is that there's so many versions of that movie. And there's so many different versions that have different scenes and different pacing. And I think for like the version I'm used to, which is like the one I have on Blu-ray, I think the pacing works for what it's trying to do. And what's surpri- what's surprising to me is that I-, I remember hearing that like the first edit they had of the film was what George Lucas edited and it was horrible. But then his wife edited it and that's much closer to what we have now. And I think that he took, he took a pretty big leap making that like such a setup movie 
for Empire, knowing knowing fully well that it might not have succeeded. So it's it's impressive what they were able to do with that movie, and it's it's has it it's responsible for what makes Empire so good because of what it sets up for, and it kind of it makes it so that Empire doesn't have to set up a thing and you just jump right into it. And if it if it wasn't for that movie, Empire wouldn't have such incredible pacing, in my opinion. But I think that's what makes Empire more rewatchable for me than the original. I try as much as possible not to watch A New Hope, even mm-hmm. though it's the most you see of Alec Guinness's Obi Wan Kenobi. And uh, the reason why I think it's kind of unwatchable is the first 40-ish minutes, we're basically following the droids. Yeah, it's it's very slow watching the droids. So I can understand where, why people like don't want to like go and watch that movie. I still watch it, don't get me wrong. I still think that movie is better. These three movies and the Revenge of the Sith are above the rest of the five in the saga yeah movies so it's still one of the movies that i'll watch specifically once we get to the death star and we catch up with leia and then you know the the trench run probably Mm. the probably the most famous trench run ever but um i like the way that like you said a new hope star wars whatever you want to call it because people call it a bunch of things you know, really sets up Empire, where you don't, you know, even with the crawl that we get before every movie, you could, you, you know who Luke, you know who Luke Han, Leia, Chewie are. Yeah. You know who Vader is. You don't know what Vader's all about. You just know that he's the guy in black. He's the, he's the evildoer. And we don't know yet that there's an emperor if we're just going with, in the, in the vein of just those three movies. Yeah. And once we get to Empire, you know, people complain that Empire's too slow, but Empire's not slow. It's very deliberate in its pacing. And you agree with me on that because we've got two separate stories going on. We've got the Luke and Yoda story, and we've got the Han, Leia, and Chewie on the Falcon story. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the more it's one of the better ideas I think I've seen in all the star Wars movies. Now, grant you that they, they do that over and over again with the characters that we do get in the other trilogies, but but they pace it just so well. Well, you know, at the beginning of empire, we're on Hoth and we get Han and Luke on a, on a mission with the Tauntauns. And then you know, Han comes back and he says, you know what? You know what? Your worshipfulness, I'm leaving. Before he finds out that, you know, Luke has been captured by that ice creature thing and then cuts mm-hmm. off his arm using the force with the Mary Sue that everybody complains Ray is of the force and cutting the, the arm off of the ice creature, getting away and then getting the Luke. You will go to the Dagobah system. <laughs> there you will learn from Yoda, that Jedi master who kind of sort of in- instructed me. And then, you know, 
that's where we get our, our separation with our characters. You know, Han, Han and the team are trying to get away from the Empire after trying to escape from Hoth. And then we get introduced to, you know, the most famous bounty hunter in all of Star Wars. And then, you know, Luke goes off to train. We don't know how much time has really passed. They don't say it in the movie. But everything, it's not slow. It's very deliberate. Yeah. Talk to me, Dill. I don't know. I um, I think I've I've seen uh, Return of the Jedi the least out of the three. Like that's probably the one I can pretty much know everything about the least. But I still like the fighting. I like the fights a lot in Return, and I think it has decent pacing. But I feel like it certainly starts off a lot slower than Empire. That's probably why I'm not a fan of Return because it, it feels like it takes so much longer to see what you want to see in that movie. I think that it does, but the thing, the one thing that would have made it better, I think maybe even pacing wise, I don't know if you've seen it online, is that you know you could have had your opening crawl of, you know, the rebellion is close to being crushed. What a yada 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 as Seinfeld says but instead of you know you could have had your um your shot from from space down to Tatooine and watching Luke construct his new lightsaber Mm -hmm. and then see Luke put the lightsaber into R2-D2 and then watch them go off you don't necessarily need to see them cross the desert for a second time yeah then you cut to, you know, uh, the Star Destroyers and the second Death Star. And then you come back to uh, C-3PO and, and R2, you know, trying to get their audience with Jabba the Hutt, et cetera, et cetera, down the line. Uh, the, the movie has good pacing, just like all the other Star Wars movies. The, the dialogue is kind of clunky. But my... My two favorite scenes actually don't even like really involve like the main guys, save for Luke in both instances. The one scene that I think of the most when I watch Return is when Luke gives himself to Vader. That's the scene that I think of when when Vader's got Luke's lightsaber. I see you have constructed a new lightsaber. Your skills are complete. Indeed, you are powerful as the Emperor has foreseen. I think of that, and then I think of... I I won't call it a duel, but just the, the dynamic of you got the Emperor, you got Vader, and you got Luke. Mm-hmm. Where it's not necessarily Luke that's being pulled, it's Vader who's being pulled, being torn yes. between the Emperor and his loyalty to the Emperor and his son. I don't know if you've read the comic books, but I've seen the Vader comics where he finds out that Luke is his son. And this is before Empire. And he finds out that and he's like, I can't remember whether it's a dream state or he's actually talking to the Emperor. 
but he like gets really pissed and says, you knew that I had a son. So you, you get the whole plotting throughout Empire for Luke to join Vader and, you know, rule the galaxy as father and son mm-hmm. just to defeat the Emperor because he's so pissed off at him. I haven't, I haven't gotten to read the Vader comics yet, but my friend told me they're incredible. And I'm pretty oh, sure they're canon, too. They're so, they give so much backstory, Dill. I know. I got to read them. But that's, I think they're going to take inspiration from that for Kenobi. Because I know there's one, there's one comic where Kenobi's with Vader. And he almost, like, wins him back over. And then something, something triggers Vader. And I think they end up fighting. But... That that will more than likely because Ewan McGregor in his uh in his uh interviews recently was like yes we're there there will be one more fight there will be one more fight before I turn completely into Alec Guinness and that'll be so heartbreaking too like well you already got a lot the, of potential you got the you already got the the what I thought was heartbreaking, you know, watching two really, really close friends, even brothers, fighting, and then one of them cutting an arm and two legs off, and then letting him to, you know, re- toast in the uh, lava fire. Because <laughs> he could, you know, what the heartbreaking part of that is not that Obi Wan cut off Anakin's limbs. It's not. It's not even the fact that. Obi-Wan and Anakin had to fucking fight. The heartbreaking part is that he loved him so much that he couldn't finish him. Mm-hmm. That's what the most heartbreaking part is. And that's what that's what most people don't understand about that, that fight. You can see it in his eyes too when he looks down at him. Like he like you know he doesn't want to do it and didn't even want to get that far. Well, we that's why when he's with Yoda in the in the archive room, you know, where the security footage was, mm-hmm. he was like, Send me to kill the Emperor. I cannot kill Anakin. He is like my brother. I cannot do it. Yeah. Like I think deep down Yoda knew that he couldn't finish him either. Yeah. And I think he was thinking like I can take on the uh, Yoda was thinking like I can take on the Emperor. This is this 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 bitch don't know what he's got coming. Because <laughs> the thing about it, like with all the other Force users we've ever seen in Star Wars, those two are the apex. I'm not including Ray because that doesn't count. But those two are the apex of the light and the dark side. Hmm. And it was kind of like a it, it what neither one actually really got a ho- foothold in that fight. Mm-hmm. It was a very even match, just like Obi Wan and Anakin. It was very even matched, even though Anakin was technically more skilled. It was just that Obi Wan knew who he was fighting. Exactly. One thing I was uh, I wanted to mention earlier about the sequels is like. We know that Lucas like f- like pretty much planned out everything extremely early on. 
But do we know anything about like what his sequels are going to be? Because I heard that I heard a rumor at least that they're planning on retconning the sequels entirely and kind of I've, writing over it. I've heard the same rumors of retconning the sequels. That's kind of what Dave Filoni, John Favreau, you know, with all, all, all these new live action things, which thank you, Lord Jesus Christ, <laughs> that, that it's actually good television, good writing. Cause I, I tell you again, Dill. I could not stand those movies. Mm. But they Lucas actually handed Kathleen Kennedy after the 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 sell to Disney outlines for three movies. That actually included Luke Han and Leia mm-hmm. and Chewie. Uh, one of my friends uh has actually seen the outlines or even the scripts. I'm not even I sure. I was going to say, I, I could have sworn one of those leaked. And he was like, this is so much better than what we got. Yeah. It, it, there's no Starkiller base. Um, Ray was actually named Kira. Yep. Yep. Uh, I don't. I'm not sure if there was a Finn character or a Poe character, but I I remember one of my uh, Trekkie friends who is in the uh, the production world. I remember him talking to me about it. But I I think anything would have been better than what we got. I keep telling you that's why that's why you need to plan stuff out. Whether you're a creative in the uh, film world or in the music world like my little cousin is or you know you're just a writer it it just i grant you that spontaneity is sometimes better than having stuff planned out i grant you that because i have that too whenever i write but at least have a a somewhat of an outline of what you want to try to do because that way if something doesn't work you can go back to the outline and say okay so this didn't work let me plug this in yeah so 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 that way it's not like a complete rework of what you were trying to do and i think i think what disney might be realizing is that favro a star wars star wars fans are a lot smarter than the, the average fan of course <laughs> which is why I think they're realizing that Favreau created the most successful film series. That is the MCU. Like he, he built that. And then they have Dave Filoni who's been working with movies for quite a long time. Not even that he would, he worked, he worked on under the foot of George Lucas during the clone wars. Yeah. Um, The most successful animated show. Mm-hmm. And and then you have Rebels, which Dave Filoni was a part of and is a part of. And now that they have those two pretty much controlling all of the live action TV shows, I think they're going to realize that they should have Favreau control the movies too. Because he says pretty frequently how like I, him and Dave are have to be like the two biggest Star Wars fans. And they're making this stuff. And that's why it's so good. That's why Mando is so good because they want the fans to love it because they love it. Well, 
you probably haven't seen this, but on Disney Plus, they have like the inside the gallery. They're talking about the Mando. I've wanted to watch it and I haven't. It looked it looked awesome. You, you get so much insight into like their Star Wars fandom, and they even talk about the the even the 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 thing I hate the most about the prequels the whole the whole the, the ugh, all the politics and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But they explain everything, so like it's easy to digest. Yeah. But let's go on to what you think. I know you saw all of Mando. We we talked about the big thing that happened at the end of Mando. Mm-hmm. Where do you think? Like all the live action is going. Even I, I assume that they're gonna tie in the animated stuff too. You mean like just the shows, or you like including the movies too? I'm just talking about I'm just talking about the shows because we can get into what what we think the movies are gonna do. Okay. But what do you think? Like all the animated shows and all the live action is leading up to because. I think <clears throat> that you know we're gonna get we're gonna get one of those we're we're gonna get uh, Bo Katan fighting Mando in season three, and we're also gonna have Boba Fett uh, being like the new Jabba the Hutt. Yeah, get, and we might even get like the we might even get like some of the New Republic stuff. Too, and I'm kind of hoping, like I said before, I want to see something with Thrawn, the Thrawn trilogy, especially because we know Ahsoka is looking for Thrawn. Yeah, what I think they're leading to is they're gonna have they're gonna have all the shows connect somehow because obviously the end of Mando is what's connecting it to Book of Boba Fett, and around that time is when. Uh, what was the other show you said? It, it's like Rangers of the New Republic. Yeah, Rangers. That's around the same time. Ahsoka's going to be pretty soon after that. And I think they're probably going to have like one or two seasons max of like all of them until they do like the major like collaboration between all the shows, like the crossover event. And I think we're going to learn that Thrawn's like the main antagonist between all these shows because this these shows are in like an era for star wars that we've we no one's really delved into like we're in an era right now that we know practically nothing about and i think having thrawn be that main antagonist for the whole galaxy is just awesome because we know nothing about what's going on and it's cool having that conflict there in between the trilogies because there's just constantly stuff going on Actually, what's really funny that you even mentioned that that the shows, plural, we've got the all the shows that you mentioned leading up to Thrawn in an unknown time frame of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And then we've got the Kenobi show, which is in between episodes three and four, which is another period that we know practically nothing about. Now, we've yeah. gotten some flesh out with... Uh, the Fallen Order game, uh, the Force Unleashed game, which I don't think... I expect Cal to show up in one of these shows. I expect it. 
I get, I get the feeling that we see Cal and Obi-Wan versus uh, versus the rest of them. If only, That's what I was thinking. If only because I feel like Cal is going to send out a distress call and watch it be like the, the sixth episode that or the fifth episode he gets the distress call and the sixth episode Cal is killed in front of Obi-Wan by Vader. That <laughs> that would be awesome. That's what, as a writer, that and, and as a big Star Wars fan, that's what I'm thinking. Like, it, not only I, take a character that people love right now, because, uh, like, everyone that played Jedi loved Cal, because he's a good character. And then they're going to, they could kill him like that. And then they still have plenty of time to work with to keep making more games of it. Because we know they're getting a sequel, even though even though EA's done with Star Wars, that game will still get a sequel. Well, I think they're they're working on it now. I think yeah. Although the license has ended, I think they're gonna finish work on the game. I completely like forgot that whole thing happened too. Now that I want to say it was Ubisoft, Ubisoft, Ubisoft or Bethesda. One of them was is making a Star Wars game. I think it was Bethesda. Well, since we're on games, they're remaking my favorite game of all time, Knights of the Old Republic. Mm-hmm. And I can't That's going to be incredible. That's going to be incredible. I was showing you when the fan people were doing the remake of, of Knights of the Old Republic, and I was like, if only they could just do this, I would be so happy. Mm-hmm. Because, you know... I love that game, but it's it's from a bygone era of games. I mean, you I don't even think you were born when that mo- when that game came out. I know your brother was. It was 03. Yeah, so I was I was literally one when that game came out. But I as much as I love playing it and I, it has tons of repeat or replayability because of all the choices you could make in that game. But the one thing that always kind of drags me out, even playing it on the PC, which I don't recommend personally for myself because my, my introduction was on the Xbox Mm. and I've always been more of a console gamer anyway, but the graphics is the thing and, and how clunky it Compared to games now, it's so clunky. And that's probably what takes me out of the games now. Yeah. Because of how much improvement we've done in that genre in general. Well, I think what could... Not necessarily the story could deserve an overhaul. I think we should get rid of the... As as much as I love the turn-based RPG... I kind of would like to see more like Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah, because I was going to say, like, we know it's a remake, but do we know if it's just, like, the same story but with new graphics? Or what I what I think would be cool is if they went with the Resident Evil route. Because when they did the remakes for Resident Evil 2, the story is a lot different, but it keeps the same, like, 
it keeps the same maps and characters and events close enough so that like you're still getting the same vibe between the original and the remake but everything is just improved about it i think that's what they're going to be doing with kotor the thing is is that the only the only thing i see being a big problem is be- is the whole you know between between each mission or going back to the the Evan Hawk, you could choose who was in your party, mm-hmm. and and what abilities that they had. That's the only thing that that I see that could be a problem because of the whole turn based RPG style that it was. You won't have. I think uh, there's still a good crowd for that though. There's a lot of people that still like. Oh, th- that there type is of Mass Effect games. Oh, Mass Effect. <laughs> it, gonna... It's practically like the same, the well, same style because it's the same people. Well, actually, funny you should mention that. A lot of the voice actors in Mass Effect were on Kotor. Really? Yep. That's like, funny. Listen to Caden uh, from uh, Mass Effect and listen to Cartho Nassi. Same guy. Mm-hmm. Um. Now, let's think about the films. We've had standalones. We've had Solo. We've had Rogue One. Do you think we'll do more uh, standalones, or do you want to see a trilogy? Um, and if you want to see something, what what's something that you want to see? There's two routes that I would really like. I think it'd be awesome if like with Marvel, I think they I think they should do something similar to Marvel cuz what Marvel's doing is it's always been that like they had they had the MCU and then when Netflix came out with Daredevil, that was its own thing entirely even though it was still in the same like universe. They could do that with Star Wars, but I think what they're going to be doing is what the MCU is doing now where the shows are literally like the spotlight right now over the movies because these shows are tying everything together. WandaVision's tying into the Doctor Strange sequel, which is going to tie into Spider-Man. But then we also have Loki, which ties into Endgame. And then we have Falcon and Winter Soldier, which is an entire show about these two characters that we could have just gotten a movie on. But... It's all connected, which is what I want Star Wars to do. I want them to do a bunch of solo films that also connect with the shows. Because they said that they may they could end up doing a Mando movie after a few seasons, which I think would be awesome. I think that they should do a bunch of solo, you know, projects. Mm-hmm. Because I think the solo movie... So- solo... The Han Solo movie and Rogue One were very, very well received. If that they were you know, very solid movies, I, I enjoyed both of them much more than the sequels. And I think the problem, specifically with Solo, was that you know you're getting somebody who doesn't look like Harrison Ford, doesn't act like Harrison Ford, it doesn't sound like him. <laughs> so that's that's what like. That's what the disconnect was for that movie. And you got Darth Maul in it, like out of the blue. Which to me was strange because 
He looks and sounds nothing like Han. You know he's Han. But I also love the way he was in that movie, even though he wasn't really like Han in previous movies. But I still enjoyed him in the movie, which is strange. It's not strange. It's like you and I are like of a breed that like we can look at at whoever it is in whatever role it is, even if it's a role that has been filled by somebody else. I mean, you like, I can see where that becomes that. It's like connect the dots. Yeah. For, for you and me. But the uh, big thing, and I've told you this before, whether they do a trilogy or not, because I, I, Knights of the Old Republic is the gold standard of storytelling, period. <laughs> I really think that. I mean, I feel like you could do you could do a series on Knights of the Old Republic. Like you could do one season completely on uh, the Mandalorian Wars. Then you could do one season on the turn of Revan and Malak to the dark side. Then you can do the Jedi civil war. And then you can have like a mini series or even like two movies to do like the end of the game. And even the aftermath of what happens after the Star Forge is, you know, destroyed. So that's mm-hmm. what I, I, I would like to see something tie into that, especially because again, like we said, everything that Star Wars is doing is in an era, eras, I should say, that we know very little about. Just like the books and the the comic books that they're doing for the High Republic. That's after the Old Republic, but it's before, you know, Phantom Menace. Mm. And we don't know anything. We don't know. We don't even know if, like, the rule of two from Darth Bane has been instituted yet. We don't know. That's that's actually one solo movie that I would like. Or a a couple movies. I want to, like, I want to see a perspective Instead of focusing on the Jedi, let's focus on the Sith. Because I would I, love that. See, Darth Bane is the one who instituted the rule of two. And, like, he got rid of all, like, for those of you who, who have played those Knights of the Old Republic games and even the uh, Old Republic M- M- the massive multiplayer game, you get tons of Sith warriors and whatnot. Um, they were eventually all killed off both by the Jedi and by Darth Bane and his apprentice who instituted the rule of two, which is what, you know, Yoda talks about in Phantom Menace. And we know about through Palpatine and Vader, Vader, but just having read the books, the rule of two books that, that featured Darth Bane, you know, that in of itself would be like good lore for people who love the dark side or even just like to see the lore of, you know, star Wars, because you, you get so many different perspectives through that book, those books, I should say. Yeah. I think, um, I think they'd probably benefit a lot from doing movies and a series for Knights of the Old Republic. Cause there's so much, there's so much with Nets of the Republic in general that 
if they just did like one, like a couple seasons or just did like a trilogy, it's just, it wouldn't be enough. There's so much to cover. Well, not even just the Revan and Malik story. You actually get the the exile story, which is the the uh, the character from Knights of the Old Republic two who served over under Revan and Malik in the Mandalorian Wars. You know, you could have like a, a little mini arc inside a uh, in a season dedicated to one particular encounter with said exile with Revan and Malik. And then, you know, after, you know, after the Starforge stuff, you can carry, you can carry on with that story, starting with that exile who cut themselves off from the force, which has never supposedly been done before and uh, sitting in judgment at uh, the Jedi council in Coruscant. And then, have that person go off on their journey and then you get the events of Nazi the Old Republic 2 and then you go f- off at the end looking for Revan in the Unknown Regions, which actually ties into uh, the Old Republic game. Mm-hmm. Which is, I think the Old Republic game is canon, but the other games, period, are not canon, except for, you know... Uh, really? It, yeah, except for Cal Kestis's game, Yeah. Because by the time that Disney bought Star Wars, when Disney bought Star Wars, the first thing that came out was the Old Republic massive multiplayer game. And they had said Mm. anything previous to that, books, besides the movies, books. uh, Wasn't Clone Wars not canon for a little bit? It wasn't until they decided it was. (laughs) Which is just baffling to me because... Like the whole purpose is to tie into the prequels. So they said all books, uh, video games, and, you know, ancillary materials were not a part of that. So, like the Thrawn trilogy, that's why it, once they got rid of the Thrawn trilogy, they could say, hey, we, we can do Thrawn and Rebels, which is before. Uh, a new hope and before the end of return of the Jedi, or, you know, you could, you didn't need to be bogged down by the, the Darth Bane books or the events of Knights of the old Republic, Mm -hmm. which gave them room to do things. But it also said, you know, this stuff is legends. So we can, We'll take that as a separate universe, but we can take the the material from Legends and we can appropriate it and say, hey, we came up with something new. Yeah. (laughs) I think uh, my favorite favorite thing that they're doing with Mando is the Darksaber. I think that's a really cool object to kind of... I feel like that's going to be the object almost connecting the shows because that's what connected us so much to Clone Wars. And now that's probably that may tie into Ahsoka somehow because now he still has it. Well, we get to see the dark saber in Clone Wars, and we know that Bo-Katan had it. In no, Bo-Katan didn't have it at the end of Clone Wars. Uh, it was lost on Mandalore. Spoilers for those who haven't seen the end of the Clone Wars season seven. Ahsoka fights Darth Maul and disarms him, and the Darksaber falls down to Mandalore. 
um, and is eventually picked up by by uh, Sabine Wren in Rebels, and she mm. get and I think she gives the dark saber to Bo-Katan, but I'm not sure why uh, she won't take the Darksaber from Mando, which is something... I thought that was such a weird thing to Well, I, I, I just think that... Um, and I could be wrong. I'd have to go back and watch Rebels and see how Bo-Katan gets the Darksaber. But I'm pretty sure that Sabine Wren gave the Darksaber to Bo-Katan. Yeah, I thought I remembered someone saying that. So seeing Bo-Katan refuse the Darksaber a second time from Mando and having, what's his face? The the general say that, oh, she can't take it. It's a point of honor. She'd be a pretender to the throne. Yeah. So she, she has to kick your butt, basically, is what he's saying. I, that, that didn't that didn't sit with me because I thought to myself, "Wow, I remember somebody giving her the dark saber." And I had I I still couldn't tell whether she died or not at the end of Mando because she got lit up and then just dropped, and no <laughs> one said anything about it, and <laughs> we never saw her get back up. Well, she's like Boba Fett; she's got like nine hundred lives. Yeah. I'd, I could not tell if she died or not, and it was never really confirmed. I did, which like, I mean, that would make it easier for Mando to just keep the dark saber, which would be nice. But yeah, but he's not going to keep the dark saber. They he doesn't might, want it. Well, he doesn't want it, and I also get the get the distinct impression that they might, you know, fake his death somehow so she can have the dark saber. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Dilly, you got any final thoughts on Star Wars before the next time we talk and we talk about all that Marvel stuff that you really like? Well, I finally remembered what they're doing with the games. So now that Lucasfilm Games has the rights, I guess, for the video game properties, they're having Ubisoft is making an open world Star Wars game and Bethesda is doing the Indiana Jones game. Ooh. I cannot wait for Indiana Jones. I've waited too long for Indiana Jones content, and I don't think the fifth movie is going to come out anytime soon. So that will hold me over. Well, COVID. Yep. Never mind the fact that Steven Spielberg just didn't want to start it. (laughs) But Steven Spielberg, friends with George Lucas, says, oh, you have your little... Your little Star Wars thing. That's nice. I have Indiana Jones. (laughs) But, Dill, I had fun today Mm -hmm. talking Star Wars with you. So if anybody wanted to... Do you got anything that you want to plug before we say goodbye? Nothing I could plug right now, honestly. (laughs) You mean none of your musics? None of your... I could plug the Instagram. I'll plug the Instagram. Triscosity. Triscosity on Instagram. So once again, I want to thank Dill for coming on to the podcast. We're eventually going to get him and some of his friends 
on a multitude of topics, not the least of which is Star Wars and then probably Marvel and DC. But as a editor's note, we're releasing this on March 5th. It's been exactly a month since we recorded this podcast and since then Gina Carano has been fired off the Mandalorian. So the next time I get Dill in on a podcast, we'll talk about that. Also, there have been rumblings of a remake of Knights of the Old Republic and a Knights of the Old Republic 3 game to the future-gen consoles. Um, That's PlayStation 4, Xbox, uh, PlayStation 5, the Xbox Series X, I think it's called. But um, anyway... If you haven't already, make sure to like, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Make sure you also check out Roy's Tie-Dye Sci-Fi. He's got some interesting guests coming on. And make sure you also check out Sci-Fi Distilled. I just finished a podcast with Mary Beth and Mike Rizzo on what they think is the seminal DC movie, especially of this generation, Wonder Woman. But they also did a pod on Deadpool. You should definitely go check them out. Remember to find us here here at Fez Talks on Facebook, looking up Fez Talks-podcast, Twitter and Instagram at Fez Talks. And if you want to get a hold of us the old-fashioned way, I personally love comments and emails. Uh send your emails to feztalks at gmail.com. Until next time, listeners. The false will be with you, always.